Stone, everybody. Welcome back to the number one show that you need to listen to for all your pro wrestling news from the weeks ahead and the weeks behind. It is the A Show. What's going on, everybody? I'm Justin, and I got my co-host, Jamil here. What's going on? Mills is here. Um, listen, great week. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Are you sure you want to start the show off? With, was it a, a great week in your life? Because <laughs> not for wrestling. Um, great week. Listen, it's a great week to be a human being. I don't know. That's all I can say. Wrestling, uh, it's yay nay. I don't know. Give take. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's, we've had some good stuff. We've had some bad stuff. And then we've had all the stuff in between. But you know what? Fair enough. We're going to get to some of the bad stuff to a point that I think that they WWE probably listened to the show last week and was like, you know what? Let's let's just tip Justin over the edge on Tuesday. Let's okay. just let's just fucking toss him over. Fuck him. All right. Well. All right. I, I you know I don't think it's that far, but then again, I'm like I have we're very different people. <laughs> we're very different people in that. There's like a threshold of tolerance that you have, and then there's a threshold. I, of tolerance I don't know I how you could you and, could watch this SmackDown episode this week, and we're gonna get to the SmackDown episode. I don't know how you could not rate the SmackDown episode as one of the worst that they've done in a year. And I'm talking like gender episodes when I wasn't even really watching it. It was, it was awful. I, I, I was thinking during the show. I was like, it's like. Are they on tour or something? Like, is half the roster on tour? Because no one is competing on this show. And I'm just like, no, they were kind of all there. Sami Zayn was there. AJ Styles was there. Kevin Owens, I don't know if he was there or not, but it's a... I was like, what is going on? Did they just have nothing planned? I think they maybe... They they shift the entire writing roster. It was like, all right, we're all working on Raw 25 for next week and just scribble some shit together. Well, not even that. It seems like they've been working on Raw, period. I, I mean, did they take the raw? T- I don't think Raw took all the writers. Like this has been happening for weeks. This has been happening. Listen, they probably like, all right, we need a show for you know Manhattan Center, and we need a show for Barclays. Smackdown so has been Smackdown has been actively. We'll get to it, but I'll say right now, like that Smackdown episode, it it broke me last night. I'll say that much. But let's get to. Uh, but I mean, before we get into the show, like, is there anything that you want to talk about, like with with, with life? Like, how's life? Life is okay. I, just, I don't really have much to talk about. Um, wow. Not that I say this is bad, but it's just, it's all right. It's, we're moving. I, I'm, I'm happy, you know, to be here. Um, what else is going on in life? Um, yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm straight. I got nothing. Uh, if, if there's any hot, spicy things, I'll, uh, I'll let you know next week. Yeah, update the <laughs> listeners. Update the, the A-show listeners on, on the banter. But before, uh, well, actually not before, but let, let's get into it uh, right now. But before I do that, actually, I want to remind everybody to go check out our RNC Radio playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. Um, They're yes. fucking, they're banging. They're banging. If you love new stuff, I feel like we're, get, we're, we're on the, you know... We're, we're cultivating a very new, fresh sound. I want to use all the. I want to use all the terms. You know, cultivating. Yeah, I like that. You know, cu- culture. Um, we're curating all. You know, all the hot buzzwords that you get when you're when you're an influencer in the game. Um, so <laughs> we've created <laughs> we've created a great playlist. 
a lot of great minds went into this thing. If you love um, sort of, you know, hip-hop and there's some R&B and there's some even alternative things, um, there's a little bit of everything for you. So I would like if everyone to pretty much subscribe to RNC Radio on Spotify. Um, you, you can't do that yet on Apple Music, but maybe we will soon. Who knows? I hope so. And uh, and, and as, as always, we have some awesome stuff coming up for you guys from the RNC Collective, a bunch of new shows that are coming. Of course, I also have my show with Josh Pease, RNC Radio, that is coming this week. God willing, uh, Josh ran into some vehicular problems this week, so we might have to push it, but it is coming. So just be ready for that. But um, let's get into let's get into the wrestling news for the week. Uh, we have we have some news from the week, and we have some breaking news also. But uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Paige. Last week, it was reported that Paige was actually uh, was basically told allegedly that she could no longer wrestle again, and that her in ring career for the WWE at least is over. Um, however, the WWE has actually not confirmed this. Um, they haven't said anything. They have taken her out of the Royal Rumble as of Monday, and um, but she was still on the show, of course. But uh, they haven't said anything, and this is, of course, stemming from a house show uh, last month where Sasha Banks gave her a kick uh, to the back of her neck at the house show, and she basically got a stinger, and she, she lost feeling in her, her legs. And it was a really scary incident that happened at the house show, but um, it's just a really sad and terrible thing um just for someone who's just come back and and looked to be poised to have a really great comeback and get pushed she was getting pushed like crazy she hadn't even lost yet on the on the main roster like this is something that's just it's gutting me to even think about that she couldn't she could possibly not wrestle again it's a i i you know i heard this story um a lot of people are saying it's over. I'm waiting for WWE synopsis because I feel like they're trying to like un- undergo a few more tests yeah. to see really see the legitimacy of it all. It may be something that's just temporary. They want to keep her out of the ring as a precaution until you know they get some more tests back or something along those lines, which is why I believe we haven't heard anything yet. Um, but it was, as you said, definitely a scary moment. I mean, I've watched the video on YouTube. Um, a couple times and I, it's not that I'm you know getting pleasure out of it it's more so that I've been showing it to people and also watching it multiple times it's scary the hard kick to the back and then sort of she goes down she, she can't feel you could see even far away you could kind of just see the fear in terms of the way she was moving and stuff she was trying to get her arms feeling in her arms back the urgency to get back up she tries to get back up she crumbles to the ground because she you know lost feeling in her legs and the referee immediately throws out the match it's a scary situation just to think about being potentially paralyzed at any moment in life um it's a, and it's, and be it's, clear, it's, like to, to be clear on on just her status period before she even came back. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to Lillian Garcia's podcast with Paige. It was a very lengthy, emotional and, and pretty good um, podcast where she basically says that doctors told her even before she was cleared that she should not get back in the ring, and she did it anyway. And you know that type of passion for the business just really comes from. Her being in it for so long, over a decade, since she was a like a small child, like a teenager, that she's been in the, in the business. And um, it just really sucks for Paige, who's had a rough year, and it looked like everything was going up for her. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they sort of follow up on this, or at least what's WWE's protocol for doing this, because um, it's... A, it's 
it's a it's a delicate situation. You really don't want to put her back in the ring if you risk her potential paralysis forever. Yeah, and it's a it's something. It's kind of like a, a double edged sword in, in in a way because she, you know she is young. She's just she, I mean she's been wrestling for close to a decade now, but she is pretty young. Um, so she still has pretty much her life in front of her. Like there, it's. It's the it's the possibility. It's not like she's like forty and Daniel like Daniel Bryan asking. It's just like wrestling is all he knew for twenty years. He didn't go back to school. He didn't do anything else. He kind of just like wrestling with his life, and then it was sort of taken away from him. I think it, this is a situation where even if it is over, I think optimistically I would look and just say, hey, you know what? I've got the rest of my life to live. Maybe you know Paige can go to school, or maybe she can become something else. Who knows? Like it. it To me, it's just, you know, it's not a death sentence, but it is overall pretty scary. It's looking bad. It's looking bad for her. Yeah, it's it's, it's looking bad. Um, I probably, I don't know. I think a lot of people have received stingers in the ring. I mean, there's been times, I mean, DDP has talked about it, which helped him, you know, get into the yoga aspect. Um, you know, Edge multiple times, you read his book, Kurt Angle, you know, a lot of people with these next problems go through these singers and they, you know, it, it, it shortens your career or at least it brings it to sort of part-time basis where you're not going, you know, as much as you are. And even Nikki Bella recently, I believe Nikki Bella. Yeah, last um, year. Going through a similar thing right before WrestleMania yeah. last year. And, it's you know, just sad. she hasn't been back in the ring. Yeah, it's, it's a really sad situation. Uh, even if it is over for Paige, a really storied and awesome career within the WWE alone. Not not even counting her indie, you know, her indie stuff. I mean, she was the uh, she came into the into the main roster and won the Divas Champion, the first woman to hold the NXT and the Divas Championship at the same time. Uh, she was just an awesome first ever performer. NXT Women's Champion. Yeah, first ever NXT Women's Champion. Well, how could I forget that? Like it, ju- it just goes on and on, and like she, you know. Had a rough patch a year and a half ago, but it looked it looked like it was going up. Like, do you see like if she isn't able to come back, do you think she could become a uh, an announce like a, a, a on screen commentator or a, a trainer or something like that? Um, I don't know if I could see that immediately, but I could definitely see her still having an on screen role. Um, you know, similar to what she's doing with. Uh, you know, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, I think she can still do that. I think she can possibly transition into one of those types. Um, but, you know, the physicality is just, you know, when, once you can't get physical, it's kind of, you're kind of at a dead end with things. Yeah. I mean, you've had Daniel Bryan, you know, be general manager of Raw, and everyone's still wondering, can, will he get back? Uh, you know, it's a crazy situation. Okay, and the, and the next part uh, of No Holds Barred this week is the new NXT signings. Everyone was buzzing about this. They've been buzzing about it for weeks. It's been rumored for years, really, but uh, it's finally true. The The rumors were true, and I think I don't think anyone was surprised, but we are still happy for these performers. Um, Candice LeRae, you may know her as Johnny Gargano's uh, wife, and she was also in the Mae Young Classic last year. Uh, Ricochet, the high flyer from New Japan and PWG and Lucha Underground also, and War Machine of New Japan, ROA, and PWG fame are now uh, they've reported to NXT on Tuesday and they are or they have been confirmed as the new signings and they had the, the big NXT indie guy rollout. Uh, how do you feel about these signings, Mills? I love it. Um, 
to new, fresh, you know, atmosphere. I think, you know, it's a, it's just building upon the, the incredible roster that they already have in developmental. You know, it's a, a um, ricochet, very notable, someone who I could have seen coming to the WWE a couple of years ago. Um, Candice LeRae, to me, is a no-brainer. Um, just someone who's smart in the ring, someone who has experience facing men, women, um, and I haven't seen much of War Machine actually, so I'm great. not I'm not familiar with them. They're great. Their look is kind of off-putting to me because they just kind of like not even gonna lie, they look like the Aryan biker guys that don't like black people. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I've always just I'm, Jesus. I'm just saying, like their look has always been really off-putting to me. But I think these are to me the last, like, other than Kenny Omega, I think these need to be like the last indie guys that come on. I think WWE has them all now. Like, there's yeah, no one I left. I think it's, it's they're pretty solid. I think they should really continue to work with what they have. That you know they've created a bunch of new stars over the last year just in house, and you know I think we could see a lot more of that. We see on NXT the Street Profits are coming up. We see you know the Oni, not Oni Lorcan, but um, what's the big dude, big ball dude? Um, oh, Lars, Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan coming into his own. I think we continue to hone in on these sort of in-house stars. I think we can do that now. Ricochet was really one of the last major, besides a few more. They could be, they could on, probably sign a few more, but I think we're we're getting to the point where you know they have too I many think. women. They have way too many women. Like unless they're giving the women like a tag title or like a TV title, the yeah. developmental system has too many freaking women and i love candace LeRae. they're gonna shoot her to the moon i think that's obvious from the way that she was even introduced they did the same thing with oscar they did the same thing with ember moon they're gonna do the same thing with another person we're gonna talk about in a couple of minutes but they're gonna shoot candace LeRae to the moon but i don't want them to stunt the growth of the abby lates and the but bianca belairs in the process i think yeah i think you get a lot of that in this um you know, not everybody can be a star, um, unfortunately. And I feel like it's just, it sets a little bit up for disappointment because everyone's going to want their guy to win, but not everybody can fall in that sort of category. I think everyone wanted it for Apollo Crews. Um, everyone wanted it for, you know, a, a lot of these indie stars. They got a Sami Zayn. I mean, Sami Zayn is probably still coming. Um, but, you know, not everybody can be a star. So when you have that large volume of, you know, independent talent, who people are just like, oh, my God, he's a world champion anywhere. You know, he may not be world champion, realistically. Like, But he, he may be a great, you know, intercontinental champion or a great cruiserweight champion. So all I would say is, you know, we're, we're, setting, us up, we're setting, us, uh, setting ourselves up for something. Yeah, I, um, I mean, Candice is going to be a star. I think War Machine kind of cancels out heavy machinery. So I think they're going to yeah, get moved to the I mean, side. I'm tired of large guys with large beards. I'm kind of, we've reached our quota <laughs> with large guys with large beards. I get it. Come on. We don't have to do this anymore. What Just I'm, shave the beard. What I'm really interested in is Ricochet's ceiling. And I think I asked you this earlier this week. It's like, what is his ceiling realistically? And everyone kind of spits him into like mid-card U.S. title, IC title, and depending on how popping he is in NXT, he might skip 205 Live. I think it's possible that he will skip 205, 205 Live. I don't think they see that in him. They would not have introduced him in this way if they did. I'll be clear. The only reason, like, remember, like, Itami was introduced like this, but the only reason he's there is, we all know why, is because he's injury prone. So, 
if he stays out, if he stays out of that, then he'll be fine. I think. I mean, I see NXT running him. I see him being I like a NXT definitely running him. I think. Um, but I think in terms of looking towards the main roster, I mean, even just on the NXT roster itself, um, is super athletic and he's super talented and he's you no know, in, in the ring. But I feel like there's there's the, the there's so many of that. Like yeah. there's so many super athletic, super you know, you know, high flyers who can dazzle. And there's so we have so many of that in WWE. What really makes him stand out compared to those people? I think he's gonna um, turn a corner. I think he's ha- he he has to turn a corner. He has to come up with a character because I think that's the one thing he's been missing. He has to come yeah. up with a character without a mask. And I yeah. I'm interested in seeing that and. In him and also Leo Rush, who looks to be getting a, a rebranding in the NXT right now. So I, I really want to see what they rebrand these guys as. I don't think we'll see them actually in action until I want to say New Orleans. I think that's the perfect place to debut all of them. Yeah, I would say so. But so uh, the, I would say so. The next point is uh, Goldberg. Congratulations to Goldberg. He is the first inductee, and I would imagine he's the main event for the Hall of Fame in New Orleans this year. Um, Goldberg, as you guys know, retired last year after he lost at WrestleMania. We haven't seen him since April. Uh, I think we all guessed that he was going to be a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame, but um, it finally did happen this year. Uh, They announced it this week in Yahoo. I believe it was Yahoo Entertainment. And basically, he's he's ready. He's, he's he's primed to go. I can't think of a better person that fits the Hall of Fame mold or moniker than Goldberg. I mean, multiple time WCW champion, uh, Universal champion. He still gets a pop like no other. He might not have been the greatest in the ring, but I think his presence is unlike anybody that we've seen since maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin. I remember being a kid, and it used to be Goldberg or Steve Austin, and. There are similarities aside, they couldn't be more different characters. I think Goldberg is still one of the most tremendous characters in wrestling history. So shout out to him. Congratulations to Goldberg. Hall of Famer. First ballot. Whatever. He deserved it. Easily. You took all the words out of my mouth, so I have nothing left to add. I think what you summed up was pretty well, pretty accurate in terms of the career of Bill Goldberg, what he's you know, given to the company and given just to the industry and being one of the most popular wrestlers of, of all time. You know, of all time. Yeah. Um, I, I, he's not booked for Raw 25. I mean, he has been on Raw before, but uh, I, I, I wish he was. Um, but we'll get to Raw 25 in just one second. But we do have breaking news that literally just broke before we uh, started recording the show. Ronda Rousey has signed with the WWE. Uh, this is alleged still. This is being reported by Pro Wrestling Stream, PW Stream. They have broken some stories in the past, so I won't completely say it's, it's bullshit yet. But, of course, uh, WWE probably won't announce the signing until after Royal Rumble. But, um, I mean, it finally happened. We've been guessing it. And finally, you know... It's going to happen, Ronda Rousey, at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's a better it's a better outcome than putting her in the Royal Rumble, yeah. um, potentially. I mean, I don't know how much training she's had for the Royal Rumble, but, you know, it's a, it's a great sign. I think everyone sort of expected it. Um, if, if it is true, I think we definitely won't get, you know, any you know inkling of it from the WWE I think it'll be a major surprise going into the Wrestlemania you know season uh so you know I'm looking forward to it I'm really really looking forward to it yeah so the more when we hear more about it hopefully we might I mean she shows up at Raw 25 it's gonna tear the roof down but um hopefully we hear more about it next week but for for now it's being reported that she's report that she has signed the contract 
uh, for WWE. It's expected she, that she will debut at, Wrestle, at WrestleMania, but she may be at Royal Rumble. I really just think they should hold her off as long as possible. Make the fans wait. Um, let the women's like the the women's uh, roster kind of fill out with the storylines going into WrestleMania. But um, I mean, if I had to guess, I think she's getting Oscar, not Charlotte. I would go with Charlotte, um, but then again, it's like. Are we doing Ronda Rousey on SmackDown? Yeah, exactly. Which I don't think is 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 much of a bigger draw. So, um, yeah, I mean, unless Charlotte somehow finds her way to Raw, and, and I could definitely see her going against Oscar. Not gonna um, happen. Not gonna happen. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, our deep dive topic for the week, and that is our favorite Raw moments. Of course, uh, Raw twenty five will be on Monday. Uh, we will be reporting on the show, of course. In our big, we're gonna have another like packed show next week. So so get ready, meals. We're gonna have to cover Raw twenty five and the Royal Rumble next week. Uh, the, or, or do Not our ready. predictions? Do our predictions for the Royal Rumble? Um, what is your favorite Raw moment? It's been twenty five years. I'm 30 years old, so that it's been pretty much <laughs> around since I was born. Right. And um, you're like what, 27? I'm, I'm tw- 27, turning 28 in about a month or so. Nobody cares. This isn't this isn't Tinder, motherfucker. Listen, all right. Well, okay. But um, what what is your favorite raw moment? I, I think raw is just such a crazy show. In general, I, I don't know if I can like pin it down to one fucking moment. I do think oh, I have I three. I can easily not do that. <laughs> I think I have three though. I think I have three, and they're going to be really weird moments. So one sure. of one of them but is I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely moments that mean most to you. It doesn't necessarily have to be you know we saw on on Raw the truck with the with the beer truck coming out, which was the number one moment. That's bullshit. That's thing, not my number one moment. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about moments that mean a lot to us. What did you did you ever see the Raw where Razor Ramon was beat by a one two three kid? No, because you weren't born. I started watching wrestling. No, I was born. <laughs> I started watching wrestling maybe actively like nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. I remember seeing Razor Ramon get beat. And he's he is like one of my favorite wrestlers as a child. When he got beat by a one two three kid, that was the moment I was like hooked. I was like, this is. This is it for me. It was a, it was something that were, where it was like Razor Ramon was such a like if I were to compare it to something, it would be he would probably be to me the Roman Reigns getting beat by fucking I don't even know Heath Slater or some shit like that's what that moment was back then. And, and I think Raw's when it's good, it's capable of giving us moments like that. I think another really good moment. Do you remember the debut of the Nexus on Raw? Yes, yes, I, I watched that over the weekend. Um, wild moment i remember watching that live and just being like is oh this my real God, what is going on yeah i thought it was a shoot i was like what the fuck is going on with this like and and these are the type of moments that are shocking that they do every so often they do them they far far less often than 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 not now but um i i what's another another fucking episode the the episode where where, where austin gets put on the cross that was scary. I mean, and, and I didn't watch that live, but I literally watched that had to be like two years ago. And even then, I found it kind of scary. Um, I was just like, wow, this is kind of really demonic. It's some um, demonistic shit. It, and them trying to embalm Steve Austin, which I was like, okay, this is what this is what we're doing. Um, this is very, very wild. Um, I think one of the first memories... Of, I have of Raw and just being something thrilling and it being something like captivating 
was the Black Wedding with Stephanie and Undertaker. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was just one of those. It was one of those moments. I think it was, um, you know, back in 1999, a lot of family television, a lot of family oriented. You have Boy Meets World, Seventh Heaven, you know, all, all these type of stuff. So it, it essentially became this family thing in the WWE. And Undertaker, you know, kidnapped Stephanie McMahon. Where was going to, to Stephanie? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, Stone Cold, you know, while he hates Vince McMahon, you know, can't, you know, stand to see this, you know, in peril, save Stephanie McMahon. It what was a just great a lot. It was fucking storyline. What a great fucking storyline, too. When Austin saves her, she hugs him, but he doesn't, like, hug her back. He holds his hand out. Right. It was a great character moment where it was like, you know, Austin is still, he, he did a good deed, but he was conflicted as to whether to embrace the, the daughter of his biggest enemy. I, I love that moment. Um, there's another one. All right. So this isn't, it's a match and a moment. Um, and I have, and it involves Undertaker again, Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy, ladder match. Awesome. Uh, um, WWE Championship of Raw, WWE Championship on Raw. Undertaker was undisputed champion. You know, he was on both brands defending thing. And I, I remember he had a triple threat match coming up with uh, Kurt Angle on The Rock. And he, it's this match was kind of like, you know, it was on Raw. He could have lost the title, but it was really more Jeff Hardy trying to prove a point to The Undertaker. And just Jim Ross's commentary mixed in with the mo- it, it, it was a moment. It was the moment that possibly defined Jeff Hardy for the rest of his career. You know, um, you know what else? You know, it was another really crazy match that kind of like did that to me in, so, in my eyes, too. Edge versus Ric Flair TLC. Oh, my God. I love that match. That match was fucking incredible. And not just for Ric Flair doing some wild fucking shit on those tables Taking and ladders. Taking a superplex off a ladder. Insane. But it set Edge up as someone who was literally the most despicable fucking guy in the company, in the world. And, I mean, he's done a lot of crazy shit. Right? Remember he smacked John Cena's dad? Yeah. Oh, do I remember? <laughs> <laughs> Easily, and just this I mean, it's a hard one too. And he go, he bounces off the couch. I remember that picture perfectly. Um, so many good moments. That is there? Let me see if I can think of any more. The, the mid two thousands, the late two thousands, a little bit shaky. It's kind of all blurry. Oh no! All you need um, to know about those is about those is the Scott Steiner Triple H pose off. That's all you need to know. That's one of the greatest moments from mid two thousands WWE Raw. That's it's great. Uh, I, you know, I love. Um, Gosh, I think it was, you know, I love those, those type of promos that are just have these visceral reactions. And two promos, I think, off the top of my head is Shawn Michaels in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and where, you know, he's going against Hulk Hogan, but he's he's playing heel for a month. He's put on the heel, type, you know, he's putting on the heel, you know, garb for about a month until he goes back to being a face. But he, he does that. And I can't think of The Rock in Toronto. The Rock returns to Toronto um, a year after WrestleMania 18 um, and the night after defeating Hulk Hogan at No Way Out. And it's just one of the best. I'm a Rock fan. I'm a Rock Mark. So it's, it's just <laughs> something close to me. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, something in recent years. We've had so many. I mean. Talk about the moment where, you know, Shawn Michaels versus John Cena, 60 minutes. 
great, great match. Almost a damn hour. It beat their. It was better than their Mania match, and I knew that Sean probably wanted to make that a better match because he wasn't happy with how the match turned out. We got a DDT on the steps during that match, didn't we? Yeah, it, it, there's so much in that match. I mean, I, I think I have to rewatch it because I haven't seen it in such a long time. But I, I remember I used to watch it pretty regularly just because I remember just watching Raw and it was it came on around the ten o'clock hour and it's just like they still was just like oh we have the main event Edge versus Randy Orton and we never got to that match which was insane to me. I was like, are we still getting to this match? But it just <laughs> went a full sixty minutes or at least close to sixty minutes and I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. This is this is like a moment that created John Cena as as we know him moving forward. And I mean, and who can never forget when he got drafted to Raw? They went nuts that oh, night. Oh yeah, this is oh, that was a good moment too. There, it's too many. Good, it's know, it's too Cena many. Like it's too. It's twenty five years of fucking moment of of moments like that that are crazy. Like 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 how about um. Brian Pillman pulling a gun on Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then the t- and wild. then the screen goes off. <laughs> I was, when I was a kid, down. when I was a kid, I was like, "Did he, first off, why did Steve Austin have to whip the black guy's ass like that? He, he was he was beating he threw him in the kiddie pool. Kiddie pool. That that you know what? Remember we had that episode a couple of months ago where we talked about Austin being uh, one of the fucking best booked motherfuckers ever. He was also one of the most racist ones too. We're gonna go. Wow. We're, I'm gonna come back to that. I'm gonna come back to that. Alright, listen. He teed the fuck off on that black dude. He didn't have to do him like he was hitting him for real. <laughs> I can't pull back, son. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta lay it in. Gotta lay it in. Mother, like, um, I, or, or or how about um, Kai and Ty trying to chop off Val Venus's dick? Listen, that was. I remember watching that as well, and it, it just felt very South Parky. I was just like, "Wow, this is kind of like South Park." Um, Speaking, of, I mean, Katie Vick, Katie Vick is South Parkish. That happened on Raw too. That's that's mid two thousand. Katie Vick, Kane unmasking, I, and then the week following, <laughs> kind of like that summer of Kane. Yeah, um, it was just very uncomfortable, to be honest with you. It was just very. I was kind of. I was very. I was actually locked in because the moment he tombstoned. You know, Linda McMahon onto the stage, and then he lit Jim Ross on fire. I can't believe he had a full summer of Kane. It was the summer of Kane. Didn't he shock uh, uh, Shane's balls that year too? <laughs> he, he shocked Shane's balls that year. It was a good year. It was a good year for balls, bro. It was a good year for balls. Uh, I mean, and this isn't even to talk about like the big moments, like the uh, Rock. This is your life segment, which I'm surprised didn't get number one uh, on the on the official. I think it was fan voted, and most fans don't remember. <laughs> Which is sad. Highest rated, seg- highest rated segment in Raw history. It, yeah, it still remains the highest rated segment in Raw history. Uh, we, um, I, we we can talk about Triple H revealing the this and this storyline has not aged well. Triple H no. take taking a drug, Stephanie McMahon, and marrying her. I mean, granted, you do, you do find out later that Stephanie was in on it the whole time and um, she was faking, which is like. Uh, kind of flimsy when you look at it now, but it didn't age well. But I remember that moment being insane. I, I talked about that for probably seven whole days after it happened. Oh yeah, it was it was it was big. I mean, I remember watching it. I remember watching it on Raw. I 
probably one of the, you know, as we were talking about these 1999s, is one of the first rows I saw, and how just, like, story-enveloped everything is. And we didn't see, I think, after Stephanie turned on Vince, we didn't see Vince for months, and then he comes back before. I remember one of those moments where it was just, you know, it's before WrestleMania 2000, and we're having the triple threat match for the WWE Championship, and everyone's out there, Stephanie, Vince, Shane, and then Linda McMahon comes out to a huge pop and said, you know, I'm bringing back Mick Foley. And huge moment, just like, okay, Mick Foley's finally getting his WrestleMania moment. I remember, you know, Lita versus Trish in the main event of Raw. I didn't think it was possible. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, wow, they killed that shit. I remember it. Um, fuck, what, what else can I think of? Edge and Matt Hardy. Just Matt Hardy. Just showing up on Raw. Name dropping so- ROH like a goof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, uh, the bedpan. Hitting Vince McMahon with the bedpan. I still uh, laugh at that moment. I think the biggest black moment on Raw is Mike Tyson showing up. Uh, 1998. Actually, it's Mike it's Tyson. been it's been ten years or it's been twenty years since that tomorrow or, or two days. It was January nineteenth, I think. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, it's been twenty years since since that since he showed up and and and, and Steve and Steve Austin put up the middle fingers and Mike Tyson's like, "Oh, you gonna flick me off?" Like he does this thing with his hands and he pushes right. one of the biggest moments to me. Like, I my even my mom was excited for that shit. Like that, and she doesn't even fuck with wrestling. Oh my god! I remember. It. We used to have. I used to watch um, wrestling at my neighbor's house, and just everyone would get into it. I don't know SmackDown and, and Raw. It was just insane. Um, I'm trying to think of what's a recent moment. Oh, uh, the, she- the Shield breakup. The Shield breakup. The Shield. I think that's the biggest that moment. Huge. I think that might be maybe second or third, if you want to keep it a hundred, like second or third of the top moments of the 2010s to me. Yeah. Shield breaking up. Fuck. Uh, sure Brock Lesnar coming game. back on the the the, uh, the night after Mania oh, yeah. in 2012. That, was huge. that he got a Stone Cold pop that night, and and it, we knew he was coming that night, and we still popped. Huge. We still popped like we like a bunch of fucking idiots, bro. Like because they set it, up, you know, because they set it up perfectly. It was just very calm before the storm. Yeah. Um, John Cena cutting this promo. He just lost to The Rock. He's cutting this promo, and it's very this calm before the storm, and like everyone knows it's coming. And it's like there it is, and then boom, it shows up. Uh damn! I, there's so many moments from 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 Raw. Those, these are just a couple. Oh, actually, no, Festival of Friendship. I'll say that's in the top five. Festival of Friendship was really, really good. Really done well. Um, hmm, what else can I say? There's a lot of good moments. We've Raw, named off like we've years. named off like thirty, but I I am I remain really excited for Raw 25 next week. I have no clue what the show is going to be like. I don't I. As the go home show for the for I mean then we'll just get right into Raw from this week, um right now. But as a go home for the Raw twenty five, it left you with no idea as to what is going to actually happen uh, next week. We, other than the matches announced, which is uh, Roman Reigns and the Miz for the Intercontinental Title. Um, but other than that, we have no clue. But it's going to be a big night. Uh, Trish Stratus is going to be there. Chris Jericho is going to be there, <laughs> and uh, and a lot of other people are going to be there. Yeah, he's he's doing it up. He's the he's the he's best wrestler. He's an indie right cat now. who just knows how to you know get his business done, and you know 
No contracts, no rules, nothing. Chris Jericho goes wherever he wants to go. Except TNA. But uh, going, let's get into Raw, which which I thought was a uh, Raw was a great, sh- a really not great, but it was a really good show um, that that was kind of bookended and um, started with Braun Strowman going on a fucking rampage for the first hour of the show. Uh, Kurt, I loved it. <clears throat> Kurt Angle came out, and of course, last week he had the grappling hook thing. The and I'm glad he had some rep- repercussions for that. But Kurt Angle comes out, he fires Braun Strowman, and Braun is basically like, "I'm not going anywhere until everybody catches these hands." He runs through every single fucking room of the backstage area. Fire me up. Fire me up. Everybody in here! I'm not finished yet. I'm not leaving till everybody gets these hands! Uh, beats the fuck out of security, beats the shit out of producers, choke slams Kurt Hawkins to a table for no reason, <laughs> and tr- tries to fuck up the production truck, flips the, or tries to lift the production, like, he topped himself from last week, and it's like, they find these ways for Braun to top himself every week, to a point where it's almost cartoonish, but it works because Braun is a cartoon. They're giving him all the toys to make it work. They give, it's similar. We talk about the beer truck with Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Zamboni and all this stuff. They're giving him all the tools to work. And it makes me think they're setting him up for a very big match at WrestleMania. I mean, they at least have to. Do There's you no think Andre that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. There's no, like, secondary title match. He has to be in a huge match. Braun Strowman is a larger-than-life star. You talk about Vince McMahon loving larger-than-life athletes all the time. He is the one. He is WWE's unicorn. When you talk about Giannis and NBA and Christoph Porzingis, he is that to the WWE. He is incredible from top to bottom. He can do anything. He comes off anything sort of strong. He makes every segment feel important now. He's just killing it. He's, he's the superstar of the year thus far in, in the first, in the first 18 days of the <laughs> first two weeks of road. Let, let's chill out here, guy. Um, <laughs> I agree, though. I agree that he is the one bit like – and and we've seen so many big men like him come and go, like Kali and Kozlov and shit like that. Like, we've seen this before, but not to this level. Um, I will say this right now. Well, well he let, let's just get it out of the way. Now, he did get rehired by Steph, Stephen McMahon, which to me is another kernel for storyline. I think they're, they're breadcrumbing us with the storyline as far as Braun goes. He did get uh, reinstated at the end of the show. Uh, for the, in, the, in the three-way match between he, Brock Lesnar, and Kane is still on. I do not, and I still remain, like, adamant about this. He does not need a belt. He does not need the Universal title. Maybe he can get one run, but I feel as though Braun Strowman getting a belt kind of, it exposes him. He's, he's going to be forced to be, he's going to be forced to lose. He's going to have to lose. be the fighting champion yeah. as opposed to just the destructive monster that he is. Yeah. And I think he, it suits him better to be the monster and not the champion. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. I mean, I don't think he's going to win on, on in, in, a, in a week anyway. But um, I, I think that he works better as a guy that destroys things and, and is he's a force of nature. I don't think everyone needs a title. Maybe if you want to give him a title, give him the Intercontinental title. That would work for him. I think he'd be a great Intercontinental champion. I don't know about that. 
think he's bigger than that. I think he's it's a bigger, he's better, he's going to destroy everything. I think it's a matter of time until he gets a championship, and he's just going to become an unstoppable force. I mean, he puts up a fight against a couple people. It's not like he hasn't lost before. He's, he's lost like three you know, times. He's lost pretty, pretty. I won't say pretty frequently, but he's lost enough. Like he's he's lost to Sami Zayn last year. Like he lost to Roman Reigns. He, he's lost. You to mean pinfall? You mean pinfall or like that was like a shitty countout victory? Yeah, that was a shitty. I mean, win is win is win, loss is loss. We all, we all thought Sami Zayn was definitely going to lose, um, <laughs> but he's a. He's one of those guys. I mean, if they decide to go with him, they go with him. If they don't, they don't. Like he's a, he's just larger than life. I love everything Braun Strowman has done. I wouldn't be mad either last. way. I, I wouldn't be mad either way. If he had it or didn't, I wouldn't be mad. I just don't. I don't want to see him. I want to see him chase. I don't really necessarily need to see him defend it all the time. Because then it's like you're falling to the same problem you have with Brock right now, where it's like, where, when's it going to end? When he runs through everybody. Um, the next thing I want to talk about was Titus Worldwide. They they've been on a roll lately, man. How do you feel about them? Titus Worldwide. Um, it's fun. I think it's fun. I think this is more of the um more of what I'm talking about about you know everybody getting their day in WWE, and if you stay long enough, eventually you get yours. And Titus Worldwide is someone who's been you know they've been humor. But largely ineffective yeah. since their inception. Besides Akira Tozawa winning the Cruiserweight Championship, which I thought was great, I thought they could have capitalized on that more. I think if they knew what was coming with Neville, they probably would have done so. But it's a, I think, you no, know, it's fun. It's fun. I think it adds to the unpredictability of Raw, um, and it adds a little bit of realistic factor because on any night, no matter if they're challenging the champions or not, on any night you can get beat. Um, the way they did it this week with Jason Jordan providing the distraction, I thought was great. Um, and it, you know, it starts building a new contender if, if, if there's one that needs to be had. And they're phasing out. They're going to phase out the bar. I think that's this is what it's softly doing right now. It's phasing them out and softening the blow for when they lose, I, I guess, on Sunday. I don't see them getting the belts back. They don't need the belts back. I think there's a bigger storyline at play here. Um, but I, I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm really happy for Apollo Crews. He's the one that gets to shine in these matches more than anything. And yeah, shout-out to them doing it on MLK Day. Yeah, shout-out. Yeah. In, in a great MLK <laughs> package, a great MLK video package on that night. Oh, too. my God. Two, two great pa- I was like, oh, my God. Vince McMahon loves himself some fucking Martin Luther King, man. That, like, he, he, <laughs> said on, he said on Twitter, my hero. And I thought he was going to say, like, my nigga. Like, he said on <laughs> So, <laughs> he loves himself some Martin Luther King. I'm like, you know, go ahead, my my friend, go ahead. I'm all with it. Um, there was a surprising lack of Roman Reigns on on Raw this week. Um, he had a a handicap match against uh against Axel and and Dallas that was uh not to the level of the matches he's been. I thought it was fun. It was a surprising night off for him. He was barely on the show. He yeah, didn't really I have much fun. Show. In terms of just being like a handicap match, that was like I mean, we've seen handicap mm-hmm. matches lately, and we, we even see one at the Royal Rumble where it's been kind of like, albeit competitive, just more so one sided. This was kind of this was kind of fun, um, but in the end, he does what Roman Reigns does, which is punch, punch, spear, spear, and it's over. Yep. Uh, it was a light match. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering where they're going with Roman. I, I think I do predict that he will lose the title next week. Um, and we'll be able to see where Miz goes from there. I'm not sure who Miz would go at next after that. But 
who knows? Well, well it's mania season. It could be anybody. Uh, the, the next point, uh, you saw the the Seth this the Seth Rollins and Finn Balor match. I thought it was a great match. I, I think that the the finish of the match left uh, left you wanting more, and I think it's going to continue in some capacity soon. Um, if anyone didn't see it, uh, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor had a rematch. This has been like a year, almost two years in the making of their Universal Title match w- without the belt this time uh, from SummerSlam 2016. Correct? And it was a pretty good match. I think these two, as 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 opponents, work really well because their move sets are so similar. So they actually uh-huh. bounce off of each other so well. Uh, the finish saw Jason Jordan. Oh, a whole bunch of shit happened. It wasn't a clean win, you know, in the least bit. Seth Rollins, of course, won, but uh, Jason Jordan tripped up Finn Balor after the uh, basically interference of the bar from earlier in the night, and then he he tripped up Finn Balor, which led Seth Rollins to bring back the blackout. Uh, curb stomp kick to defeat Finn Balor in a really surprise. I think that was the biggest and most talked about thing next to Braun Strowman on, on Raw was that he brought that move back. Uh, but I liked this match a lot. I gave it like three and a half stars. I really liked it. I really love that match. Um, it was a good main event for Raw. Raw was really well paced. I don't say that. It was really well paced throughout the night. Um, it, it, it was just a great match overall. Um, really back and forth. Man, that curb stomp. I remember I saw... I saw the trip, I saw Finn Balor down, and then I saw sort of, you know, Seth Rollins size him up. And in my mind, just for a brief second, I was like, is he going to do it? Is he actually going to do it? And then when he did it, I probably lost my mind internally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was amazing, man. It was amazing. And believe it or not, you know, I got to go to to the analytics on this one. Because Raw, <laughs> when, you talk about, when you talk about what Raw did on YouTube this week, I mean, you got a lot of... I think Braun Strowman brings them a lot of views. Braun Strowman, you know, has, you know, millions of views. The most viewed thing was Seth Rollins returning with that curb stomp. And they said Seth Rollins resurrects a familiar finishing move against Finn Balor. Nearly two million views since it happened on Monday. Uh, what, what do you think the what do you think the because uh, if you remember correctly, they, they stopped him from doing the, the curb stomp shortly after he won the belt. Uh, the, the the actual uh, the the WWE title two or three years ago, um, and now he's bringing it back. What do you think the, the reasoning is for him bringing the curb stomp back? They're like initially when they banned it, they was like, oh, they don't want kids doing it, and I guess somewhere along the lines, you're like, fuck them kids, and <laughs> they sort of brought it back. Um, I think it's I think it's necessary. I think it works. Uh, it's just uh, I feel like nothing else. Sort of I think Vince probably hated that recording because I hate it. I hate that I movie. Like, he did, he didn't I feel do like it right. He hated it. He didn't do it good. He didn't do it well enough. Like don't don't just don't do a move from someone else if you don't do it well. Yeah, I feel like he hated it. I feel like it was something that it was like I hate it. It's like God damn it, um, <laughs> and, and it's just like. It was like, well, I can't use the pedigree anymore because I'm not aligned with Triple H anymore. So what can I use? Can I just use the curb stomp? He's like, all right, fine. You feel like you you finessed his way in? Like, he was like, I can't use this, so I gotta gotta do it. Come on. He's been asking for probably two years, and he's just like, you know, fine. God, use a damn curb stomp. Shout out to Bruce Bruce Pritchard. You 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 have a Vince McMahon impersonation that is almost on par with his. I, I need a I need a goddamn pal. I need a goddamn pal for the for the, for the goddamn pal. 
my my imitation is literally me imitating Bruce, imitating Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> so that's essentially what it is, and that's probably because I, you know, when you listen to four hour podcasts on a weekly basis, you pick it up of him doing that. You pick it up easily. Um, one one thing I one note I, I do want to uh, talk about with Finn Balor, uh, they did have an interesting moment at the end of Raw where it showed him him getting picked up by the club. And he looks like dazed, and he's kind of looking at the crowd. Like, it, I'm not sure if it was selling. I'm not sure if they were. They were, and, and I know that they were doing this for a reason. This is clearly oh, like yeah. foreshadowing something. Um, I've been calling for it for a while, but I think we might see a turn. I, I really don't want him to turn because there aren't a lot of faces on Raw right now. But I think Finn kind of needs the turn because I don't think Seth is going to turn. I don't, and, no, and, and a lot, a lot of people thought this more. Seth, a lot of people thought this Seth was turning because of the finish on Monday. But I was like, I don't think Seth knew that Jason had did that. No, I think he was just reacting. I think with Finn Balor, um, we see him as a face, and he gets sort of pigeonholed into these, you know, these unique feuds or just these very like these matches that don't really serve a purpose longer. I think with turning a heel, they, he maybe finds a purpose or finds a role on Raw, yeah, like an, an actual solid, consistent role on Raw, as opposed to just being that guy who's just you know out and about and around and just having these great matches and having these one-off feuds from month to month and maybe one month he has a few maybe one month he doesn't i think it establishes him as a fixture on raw but yeah. even if he doesn't turn i think you know it's like what you said earlier we talked about this but the amount of injuries on raw his stock sort of goes up a yep. bit with, with joe gone um and potentially with ambrose gone with ambrose gone they're they need someone right now so i i get it uh i i think He's a he's it's the same way that Punk and, and and Hardy kind of came up too, where it's like these people went down and it made room for these guys to get bigger spots. So um, right. we'll see what they do with Finn. I really do not want to talk about this episode of SmackDown. I've been trying to hold off on this for as long as possible. I think this is the worst episode of SmackDown in about a year. I think um, you know this is. We don't have to go through too much. We, I know to there, me, there was I, nothing on this on this episode of SmackDown. There was nothing on it. There were what, four matches, I think, or, four, or six matches. I want to say five or six. Probably matches? About, I want to say maybe four or five. Like five matches. Uh, there was, uh, and basically, and, and we're going to talk about this too. The U.S. title tournament is over, and I know last week we said it was going to end at the Royal Rumble. And then WWE kind of uh, secretly said it was going to end next week on SmackDown on Monday. Then on last night's episode of SmackDown, they ended the tournament that night. You know, I want to say it's... It makes no sense. To I, me, it, it, to it, me, it reeks of last minute writing, by the way. Let me, let me just 100%. To me, this wasn't a bad episode of... SmackDown, it just had nothing going for it. I don't think it was terrible. I don't think none of the decisions were like, what the hell is going on? Like, I don't think that. I just think it was really just a ineffective sort of show that didn't have much going for it. I think it, I, I, I don't know what they had planned for it, but they had no sort of major matches. I think it was focused on the U.S. title tournament. You had, and maybe they'll go. You had no Sami Zayn. You had no Kevin Owens. 
You had no Shinsuke Nakamura. You had no AJ Styles. You had no Baron Corbin. You had no Randy Orton. You had no Fashion Files or Fashion Police. You had no Rusev in, in English. You had no Usos. Yeah. You had but none of the women. There was no Usos. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, they were on the show, but. They were on the show. This was a show that was highlighted by two Jinder Mahal matches that both equaled a time of over 30 minutes in total. One of the matches against Xavier Woods opened the show in which... I would have liked that as the closing, like, I don't know. I just felt like that was a match that could have... If Xavier Woods was on the other side of the bracket and went the distance, it could have been something cool. But I don't know. It was the first match. Instead, Uh, we got gender on offense for 90% of it with a chin lock, the boot, the knee, and the coloss, and the the cheating move. And that's it. That's, That's the only thing he has. And then, you know, that led to pretty uninspiring, also Bobby Roode and uh, what's-his-face. Mo- Mojo Raleigh, who is Mojo losing Raleigh. Who's losing three weeks into his heel turn. Great. I mean, he's, you got to lose, baby. Come on. He, he, he expected to win? What? I don't expect him to win. I don't expect him to. I don't. I didn't expect them to. Pin him. Expected to beat everybody, anybody not named Zach. You, there's, like, come on, Mills. Don't be obtuse. There's, there are ways for him to lose without him actually getting pinned. That's true, but he's not a—he's not—he's a B plus player, baby. Come on, he's, he's Mojo Raw. I like him as a Maybe. heel. I, I'm enjoying I, his heel turn. I mean, I I enjoy Mojo Raleigh being the most human person on a wrestling show. That's what I. Enjoy. And they stole his gimmick on this show too. <laughs> Who stole it? The, everyone stole the gimmick. This, the the camera, the cell phone uh, promos. Oh, yeah, God, they, they stole terrible. his gimmick. All of it was terrible. I don't know if people thought I was just targeting the women. But the men were terrible as well. Like, it it was just... I don't want to see that on a wrestling show. Give me actual production. Give me a promo. Give me eight guys in a ring all declaring they're going to win the world. Let's let's unpack Um, this. Let's unpack this a little bit. Instead of putting all of the women on the show... Or giving them the the insert, uh, you know, the the in window promos that they do when when you're coming out to the ring. They'll give you the the, the insert promos. They had all the women uh, do cut promos in front of a fucking phone. But before before you you figure out who they are, they put their name in like Times New Roman before they before they show up. So it says Naomi. like Naomi. I'm gonna glow up and win this world, you know. No, some shit like that. How about how about the lines they gave to Ruby Riot, who I feel as though I would have quit if I got this on the piece of paper that day. Riot's my name. The Rumble is my game. Riot is my name, and the Rumble is my game. Creating chaos is in my DNA. You may not like me, but you can't stop me. WrestleMania, here I come. R.I.P. Her career, bro. I, I have no clue what the fuck they're doing with these with these these women that just got called up. Sarah Logan's uh, promo. Sarah Logan looked like she she got slapped in the face with some flour, for one. That, <laughs> as a raccoon, very raccoon esque. Um, Awful. I don't know. You know what? They, there hasn't been a solid storyline. For the women for months, considering we, just last month we went back to Natty and Charlotte, and then this month we're just getting the Royal Rumble without a championship match. Um, so I think they're all focusing on that, but I'd like to see what they move in post, you know, you know, post the Royal Rumble and see what can we get something going on. I mean, it just feels like the same women on the show every week, and it kind of is. Um, I mean, you got a, you but, got a six woman tag between the Riot Squad and uh, Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky. Uh, but I mean, it. it 
didn't inspire like these fucking so- no this is the, those weren't even the only selfie promos i think the only one that i actually did like was um was shinsuke's because it was like two seconds long yeah shinsuke a, i don't know i didn't agree with it i was just like ah, he's kind of stink um awful just awful and and i'm after mojo raleigh and um also did you notice that they haven't shown they haven't been showing the fashion files on air anymore they they just they show oh, yeah, a clip yeah, yeah. i've shown I, I realize that but i really don't watch it if it's not on tv yeah so i'm not gonna go out my way to watch fashion files like come on you so, gotta show it on tv this is what made them stars you're literally cutting their legs off you're literally saying hey we had this very popular t- tag team on smackdown a year ago and now we don't have time for them so watch this online oh i gotta find them online to get my jokes in it's not the same it's not the same as being in front of a live audience and then and and watching this thing r.i.p to them i i think it's over i think the uh, the i think that's oh also no bludgeon brothers on the show either uh no ascension uh and and then we get to the well let's get to to why the the tournament ended storyline wise uh, the Singh brothers came out and attacked Bobby Roode after his match with Mojo Raleigh. Of course, he does the wrestling thing of let's do the match tonight in Laredo, Texas. Uh, Jinder oh, says no. Jinder says no. Daniel Bryan comes out. Also, no progression in the Daniel Bryan uh, Shane McMahon angle this week also. Whatsoever. This is an off week for everybody, man. Every, is, listen, everyone had the week off. So we no storylines this week. We get another dull match between Jinder Mahal and Bobby Roode, which I don't think is going to be the last of, but I do think Dolph Ziggler will be inserted into it within the next two to three weeks, uh, in which Bobby Roode is the new United States champion after he beat uh, Jinder Mahal in, I think, 10 minutes. Um, not a spectacular main event, but I thought it was better than every other match on the show. I think Bobby yeah, did, did a pretty good job. I like the counter. It was a pretty, um, the counter to end the match, I thought it was pretty creative. The cloth into the, I don't know what you The glorious DDT. DDT. Um, I, I, I felt nothing. I don't think the crowd did either for, for Bobby yeah, no, winning I the US title. Either. I think, you know, if you were going to do this, if you were going to do this this month, why the fuck did you do that last month at Clash of Champions? If you were gonna get to this, because if you were gonna Baron get Corbin to this, still champion. you could have just had Bobby win the match. I think this makes it more exciting, and it gets it off of Baron Corbin without totally ruining Baron Corbin. I don't know, but it kind of did. Who knows? Whatever. It's like it, it is what it is now. I'm not completely mad at it because I didn't like Baron Corbin as champion. Um, Bobby Roode. I'm not sure how I'm gonna feel about it because I really don't care for Bobby Roode. But you know, I have my I have my fantasy booking of you know. Shawn Michaels, I mean, sorry, Dolph Ziggler, sorry, sorry, Dolph Ziggler <laughs> returning from losing his smile and saying, you know what, I am the actual United States champion, no one has beaten me, I am the, I am the, you know, the legitimate United States but, champion. But that puts and us, they, and that gives us more Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler matches. <laughs> and then they settle this in a monumental ladder match at WrestleMania, a la HBK Razor. So what is well, and listen, poor poor Jinder no, Mahal. I don't think this is gonna happen, by the way. Poor poor I, I that's why I just I just skipped right over it. I call that hashtag meals booking. If you think if you think Rude is getting a, a ladder match, legendary ladder match WrestleMania. Poor poor Jinder Mahal. They are done with that motherfucker. They 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 they're burying him under the fucking building in Connecticut. Listen, I have no problem with that. I, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. But poor him. They're setting him up for the rumble. 
No, Mills. Gotta get him ready, pal. Come on. Mills, come on. He's, he's gonna be in the Rumble. Yeah, he's gonna be in the Rumble. He's gonna get thrown out by like Braun Strowman or somebody. Like he's Braun not easily. He's not Braun winning Strowman, the Rumble. The casualty of the Strowman. I think we're so shell shocked from last June that we really think that gender could win anything. And I don't. And I think WWE's pointing everything in the direction that this motherfucker is done, and we're cooling off on him. And we want you to know that. What if what if the gender moment happened at the Royal Rumble? What if it didn't have a backlash last year? What if the gender moment was happening right now? Like, oh, and like, he didn't win the title from Randy last year. Yeah, if he didn't win the title from Randy, but they're just like everything was delayed up to like seven months, and they was like, you know, what? we're gonna push Jinder Mahal. He's going to win the Royal Rumble, and he's going to defeat Randy Orton at WrestleMania. That would mean that Randy Orton would hold that title for a year, and I don't think anybody wanted that. Oh yeah, I sure as hell do. Yeah, that would mean that he'd have to beat maybe AJ Styles, and I think that would cause people to cancel their subscriptions in in mass. Yeah, but I I think I I think as a whole like I was willing to be optimistic about SmackDown for for a couple of weeks after AJ won the title, but this show has given me no reason to care about anyone on it. I don't think it's going to get any better next week. They have nothing announced so far, but it's coming after Raw 25 and that's going to be a hard show to to beat to to me next week. That's the show. It's a go home show to the Royal Rumble best matches. Yeah. Two SmackDown matches, two, and a bunch of stuff we don't want to see. <laughs> exactly, but um, that was SmackDown, uh, which I, I mean, if you had to watch anything, uh, I guess don't watch any of it. Um, th- did you watch the Mix Match Challenge last night? Of course, we talking about it. Opened my laptop, I logged on Facebook for the first time in like a billion months, <laughs> um, and I and I went and watch this Mixed Match Challenge. With all it's these very... fucking emojis filling the screen. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have a seizure watching that shit. That's what wrestling is in 2018, my friend. Mm. Emojis filling up a screen. Uh, this is the future. The first match in this tightly produced show, uh, it, it went around 17, 18 minutes uh, in a whole. Um, it, sh- it saw Finn Balor and Sasha Banks uh, facing Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Natalia. Natalia. Uh, in a match that went about 12 minutes and saw uh, Finn Balor and Sasha's team win. Uh, I really like the match. I-, I think it's really cool to see these mix-ups and, the- and these matchups that you don't normally see or you wouldn't usually see. And I thought that even though we weren't getting any intergender stuff, we got a lot of cool um, back and forth between like Shinsuke yeah, and a lot Sasha. Of interaction yeah. between the-, the women and the men. It's 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 life. It's, it's something that happens. I thought it was really really fun. Yeah, I think that's it. that's the that's the key to this show is is how these reactions or how these interactions will work between the teams. And I thought it came off really well here, and, I, and I'm really interested to see where it goes in the, in the coming weeks. Um, I think it was a it was a good match. It was a great, you know. I've been a fan of this. I thought it was fun. I thought it still is fun. Um, I don't know if every week I'm going to be racing to Facebook to watch it. I mean, but I don't know. Uh, I may. Who for knows? the first week, um, they for the first week they made a pretty compelling match that everyone wants to see because obviously you want right. to see Finn and Shinsuke go at it. But um, I don't know if next week I'll be watching that match. Yeah, next week Nia and Apollo versus I don't even remember. It's Oscar and Miz um, next week. Oscar, Oscar Miz. Miz. Yes. Right. Yeah, I'm locked in. All right. Yeah, it's Oscar and Miz. I don't know if I'll watch. I mean. Um, 
Do you Do think it for the rescue dogs, my friend? That's think, what the Miz and Oscar oh, fighting for oh, rescue dogs. That charity is fucked. Because if you didn't pick Connor's <laughs> cure, if you didn't pick Connor's cure or fucking uh, Susan G. Komen, you're fucked. You're fucked. Or you didn't, you know. This is what we've had. People are gambling on, you know, charities to see who's going to win this what? uh it's kind of like the underlaying theme of it all. It's like literally there are charities battling out for $100,000. No one realizes that. Like all these charities need fucking money. <laughs> like why, why are we fighting for just one? Yeah. Are we bringing awareness to one? Is there somewhere at least WWE can be like, listen, you know, oh, they, they lost. Here's a free number where you can text $5 to, you know, the rescue dogs or, or for the boys and girls, you or, know. Or Yelle Haiti. Uh, Yelle Haiti too. Yeah, like 80 or something. Come on. It's like something. Like, give them something. Jesus Christ. Dude, they're going home as losers. I do not want the rescue dogs to lose. Actually. Well, there is a I, chance. There is a chance that if Oscar and Miz do lose, highly unlikely, that they will be voted back in. And I think, I want to say uh, it's 12 weeks. I think week eight, one of the teams will can get voted back in by the fans. Uh, one thing I did want to note, this show hit around, I want to say 130,000 views on the first week. Um, I'm not sure what view count they're looking for. Like, I don't know if 100,000 is a stellar number for Facebook. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I think a lot of, I think a lot of, there's a lot of, not excuses, but there's a lot of points you can make as to why it did that much. Namely, it being on Facebook. Um, Yeah. But for the first week, that can't be super, super, like, exciting or super promising, but I do think that as the show goes on, I would hope that as the matchups get more exciting in the second and third rounds, that it will garner more viewers, but 130 is kind of on the low end of maybe what they were expecting for a heavily, like, this show has been promoted for the last, like, four weeks on WWE programming, so... Shout out to the unfortunate people who now have an extra half an hour to sit through and then have to sit through 205 Live as well. Yeah, which got like a 20-minute version, uh, a bridge version of 205 this week, where Goldberg... Oh, really? It's only 20? Yeah, it was only 20 minutes, where Goldust beat uh, some cruiserweights, and he's not even 205 pounds. So that gives you the, the state of 205 Live right now. Some gold, you know, Goldust loves, you know, just to hang out with, the, hang out with his pals. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, actually, that that's it for for everything this week, I believe. Um, so, do you have a match of the week? Neil? Match of the week. I want to go back to a Royal Rumble. Okay. Um, actually, no. Fuck that. Let's, we'll, we'll do that next week. We'll do that next week. Yeah, we'll do that next week. We'll do Royal Rumble next week. Raw, I want to say, gosh, go back to the Undertaker and Jeff Hardy match. It is magical. Is everything I'm gonna watch it after? I'm, I may not. Who knows? I, sometimes <laughs> I say that and then I don't. And then like like last week, I said I was gonna go watch NXT. I haven't seen last week's NXT, um, but I'm gonna watch it sometime when I get the free time. But gosh, go back to the Jeff Hardy and Undertaker match. It's so magical. I'm surprised they left it out of the top 100 moments unless I missed it somehow. But it might have been. It might have been in there. I don't know. Uh, but it's a really, really, really good story. Good match. Thrilling. All that, all the cool stuff. What about you? Uh, CM Punk, John Cena on Raw. The 2014? Yep, one of the best matches of all time. One of the winning number number one contender and the winner goes to WrestleMania to face The Rock? Yep. 
That was a good match. It was a great match. And if you and if you don't want to watch that, watch more on, on a more problematic note. Go watch Chris Benoit versus Randy Orton in the night after SummerSlam 2004. Uh, watch that at your own discretion. Yeah, watch it at your own discretion. But I mean, Chris Benoit loses, so I mean, I should that should tell you that should make you feel good. But yeah, that was that's been the issue for the, for this week. Um, as you already know, we will be back next week with all of the the rundown on uh, Raw 25. And we'll also have our Royal Rumble prediction show. Uh, it's going to be a pretty stacked show next week, so so strap in. Uh, I'm ready for Rumble. It's my favorite time of the year. I, I think I think Mills can concur with me on that as well. Um, yep. Super excited about it. Uh, so until next week, guys, thanks for listening to the A Show with us. And stay tuned to RNC Radio. We have more shows coming for you guys. Make sure you check out those RNC playlists on Apple Music and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter at OGJohnny5 and at TV. That is M-E-E-L-Z-T-V. Until next time, thank you, Mills, for being on the show with me this week. It's a great night. I don't know. I'm so dumbfounded. I'm sorry. I've been watching, you know. This is Jeff Hardy thing on mute. Oh my um, god. Get get the get the hell out of here. Uh until next right, time. Right. Happy Rusev Day, everybody. <laughs> All right, peace.